Hi, I'm John. Hi, I'm Olivia. And hi, I'm Suzanne. And this week, we've taken a look at Neelix, and we're going to ask whether he's going to make us quit Star Trek. I have tears in my eyes. I have pain in my voice. I just watched Elosium, whatever the hell it's called. I just... It's pretty terrible. I'm appalled. I'm just currently holding up to the the, the, um, the camera very over full glass of white wine. That's where I am today. And we should say that my glass is similarly full and it's rum. Mine is uh, mine is Evan Williams bottled and bond whiskey, baby. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no. we're sort of doing a new. This is a new way we're doing the podcast. You know, we're not doing an episode. We're just going to look at Neelix. I have a starting question. Um, Garrick made murder charming, and Neelix couldn't make his even slightly abrasive character mildly palatable. Let's get into that. <laughs> I mean. <sighs> Give it a minute. Because firstly, Suzanne, thank you for coming to us with, I don't want to say thank you for bringing Neelix to us, but uh, yeah. I guess that's the only way to phrase it. Of course, absolutely. I'm happy to be here. I'm not I'm not happy to be talking about Neelix, but I'm certainly happy to roast him. So Everyone's happy to roast him. I mean, did, oh, was, yeah. it, was it hate at first sight with Neelix? Oh, yeah. Um, I've always um, said that he's like the Jar Jar Binks of Star Trek. Um, but more manipulative and terrible at the same time um it, I, I watched the main ep- episode that i watched for research purposes was uh phage and i have a lot to talk about about his relationship with Kess specifically but yeah i i the second that i had to see him in a bathtub was the moment i knew oh i'm gonna hate this guy i don't like him yeah that that happens worryingly early on mm-hmm. it's like i know he's supposed to be the plucky comic relief i, I get it but oh, it's so bad. But is he exactly? I, I really tried to take um, the Kess thing out of it to try and have some sort of journalistic balance in my analysis of Neelix. <laughs> yeah. And even then, the things that go through your mind are, oh, him having his feet massaged, him naked in the bath. There's nothing redeeming here. Oh, it's terrible. It's so terrible, especially in the earlier seasons. I feel like, again, there are reasons that, like in the later seasons that we, you know, okay, fine. But... Oh, the early seasons are so... Cringe culture is dead, but Neelix is cringy. I will say, I do feel bad that I haven't watched a later episode of Neelix. No, watched, no, you shouldn't. I watched shouldn't. season two one. <laughs> it's just no, no, you haven't You haven't missed much. It's okay. It says a lot <laughs> that Neelix... They get rid of Neelix two episodes before the show ends. He's like a episodes? leech. Oh. Oh. I, just, I, I wanted to give him a chance, but I've just come out of this feeling worse about him. Yeah, no. Elogium was one of those episodes that had me in actual tears. I think I, I think I wept watching that episode, but it took me a good couple of hours to get through it because I kept having to pause it's... and like take some deep breaths. It was bad. So, Neelix was the last character to be conceived for Voyager. Oh dear. The guide asset Neelix was developed from Kez, initially being referred to the description she might function as a scout slash gang expert 
at a point where the Kazon were commonly referred to as being gangs. Sorry, so he comes from the weird racial. He comes as a gang. He was a gang expert. Whatever the. No, f- that's so much worse than I thought. His um, I... his in the first draft of writer's bible, he was named Felux. Felux. F E L U X. Is that because okay. he kind of looks like a disgusting cat? I guess because it does. He does kind of look like a cat. Yeah. In the draft script, he was described as a short, plump, unkept being. The script went on to say, he has the air of an he has an adopted air of cultivated elegance and a charm that is at odds with his seedy appearance. This description was changed so that in the final draft of the caretaker script, he was described thus. Everybody ready? Oh dear. I fear it, but go on. Felix is, frankly, unattractive, but in a teddy bear sort of way. He takes great pride in his appearance, but what can anyone do who hasn't seen water in two weeks? From our point of view, he might seem rather, well, dirty. He has adopted an air of cultivated elegance and charm, rather like the concierge at a one-star hotel. Stop lying to me. The key to Neelix is to understand that there is not a more noble heart in the universe. He is a survivor who will scavenger and wheel and deal, but he wouldn't harm a fly and has a core sense of honour. He is extremely lovable. His purpose in life will become to make himself useful in any way he can to us. His award for proving himself a valuable mate is a lifestyle he never dreamed about. This is terrible. But I mean, that's not so much. No, because because the the whole he wouldn't hurt a fly thing, there is an episode where, I'm, I'm fairly certain, I haven't seen it in a while, but I'm fairly certain that there is an episode where he genuinely has a fist fight with Tom Paris over Kess. Mm. Am I wrong? That yeah, happens, he has a right? fist fight with Tom Paris over Kess, and then they have to go and, gr- and, and bring up a dinosaur baby on a planet. At best, Hard. they are describing a version of the character that they could have created and chose not to. Actively <laughs> He would have been like, like the fun... The, like, the, I, remember, I remember someone saying once that he's like... that um, He's like Phlox or like Garrick. He should be like admire like those side characters and it's just no. not he even the writers such... don't think that like um david a mckinty wrote of his introduction to caretaker neelix was essentially planned as an attempt to repeat the tongue-in-cheek success of quark but sadly the former trader turned chef doesn't have that effect he listed the character as one of the low points of caretaker i just yeah neelix the, the episode that first made me because the first episode in caretaker i mean He's clearly meant to be that, that you know? He's clearly meant to be just, you know, spaceship, whatever. And I, I get it. But as it goes on, and especially with the whole, and I know we're not talking about, I know it's not about Kess, but his relationship with Kess, it just, it's grody. And I don't like grody. it. And he just becomes even worse as it goes on and more manipulative and more, like there's a, there's a scene in Phage where he genuinely has an argument with Kess while he's got the hollow lungs in and can't move about like, you should just let me die. Tom Paris clearly has a crush on you just, just to make her feel bad. And it's... Uh, it doesn't have so to make gross. him emotionally abusive. He says very textbook, like, horrible things that are hallmarks of an unhealthy relationship. They didn't yeah. have to add those uh, aspects. Also, okay, so... Before we get into it, 
I think it is only fair we talk about the merits of Neelix as a character. What does he add to Star Trek Voyager? I will say this much, which is the, the concept of a canteen and a person who has to deal with a canteen new. I like it. I'm just going to show you something in my notes. I don't know if you can see that. It says, bitch can't cook. You can't cook, <laughs> yeah. John. You can't cook. Yeah. Cantina that is bad. It's just bad. It's like, it's like a British... It's like a... You know what it is? It's the refreshments um, carriage on a high-speed train in England. Honestly, the quality is probably... Like- British rail train food. If you're of a certain age, you will know what I'm talking about. Or... Perhaps it could be compared to American uh, plane food. Um, yeah, having actually eaten American Airlines plane food, that's worse. It's bad. It's, it's bad. bad. Yeah. But, okay, other yeah. good things. Need, as prof- as... Imagine that you are on this ship that is lost adrift in space. You're never going to see your family again. You're working these hard, long shifts. And, you know, you just want to have a nice, good meal after... You know, this stress, this anxiety, and they've got this madman in the kitchen cooking these experimental yeah. dishes that taste like trash, look like trash, and also it's gross. I guess the argument could be made that he's a good cook by Talaxian terms or whatever. There's no other Talaxians like... there. Fire him. They were, a lot of them were killed in that war. That's true, yeah. That's the other thing, is that you feel like this war where everyone Neelix knew and loved died should be a more cool part of his character. It just isn't. Nope. He just talked about it. Two occasions when it came up. Did you even know this, Olivia? Um, when is this mentioned? I did know this, but only because of Twitter. It's mentioned in Mortal Coil, which is the one where Neelix dies, which I watched. It's also mentioned nice. in the one where um, Ensign Wildman nearly dies. And he's afraid about talking to Naomi about death, which is the one with um, Fluter and T and Trevis. Trevis. Okay, I think that's Once Upon a Time, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, that, that one. That one's. I actually like that one. That a is bit. a good episode, but it also Maybe. has Neelix in it. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. I'm, I'm really, late. really trying to think of something I like about him. Because there's a world I in which have he's a couple, the character yeah. that I like in that series, but I'm not seeing it. Okay, while well, you think, why do you like Neelix? What, what merits can you give Neelix to that? So, listen, the first few seasons are bad, and I'm gonna, because they are. They, they're awful, and he's manipulative, and he's terrible. As soon as Kess leaves, and that's not a part of him anymore, gets better. But the only thing that I can say kind about Neelix is he he's good with kids um if you've seen the the episode uh, the haunting of deck 12 i love that episode yeah, but even in that episode he annoys tuvok to the point that it makes me want to cry because it's just so like i hate it i hate it a lot and he overreacts to literally everything but maybe that's why i don't like him because he reminds me of me <laughs> and then he overreacts heavily to almost everything that happens on the ship but he's good with kids He's good with kids. Yeah, but I'm good with kids. Doesn't mean I should be on Voyager. Yeah, yeah. he's great with kids. He's got Kess. Anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you have a point. 
Oh, Ooh. no. Yeah. <laughs> we, we should talk about Elogium before this is all over um, because I'm that really trying episode... to, like, oh, no, not... I'm trying to keep it all in. Like, the negativity. This is supposed to be the positive. Okay, let's let's like, try to find game. one more nice thing to I'm say. Trying. What about Nilix? He... I can't. I can't. Don't edit feel. out these pauses. Do not edit out these pauses at oh, all. No, I, the pauses have to be left in. They will stay in. That's sort of a nice thing about him. The whole like scout thing is a nice idea, but it makes less sense the further and further they get through the Delta Quadrant. The thing is that the only things I like about Neelix really pertain to his culture and not so much his character. Like I like the like in Mortal Coil when we learn about like the his the religion forest. sort of thing, which I've already forgotten because I don't care. But like, <laughs> but he, you know, his religion is is interesting. I guess I I always like when Star Trek adds little bits like that, as long as they're not overly offensive, which <laughs> Chicote. But um, that's a different episode. But um, but Neelix. That's about it. I mean, really, honestly, I can't. He's good with kids, and he's sometimes not a jerk. Maybe, occasionally. He still can't cook, though. No, he can't. He can't. Okay, um, why, do we, why does Neelix suck? Olivia, take it away. Well, I just need a moment <laughs> to collect my thoughts. Your, I have, you, your face is in so much... You are in so much pain right I'm now. I'm in I can so feel much it. pain. It's really just because of this episode. Like, I had written notes before I watched this episode, and this will crush me. Anyway... I have created a character breakdown of Neelix. Um, we have four main categories. Racism. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's General that arrogance. General oh, what? No, I'm sorry. Uh, general arrogance. Oh, yeah. Number three is nonce. <laughs> and number four is grotesque slash ill-mannered. So we're just going to cover all the bases there. So let's start with racism. Um, I said on Twitter earlier that Neelix is sort of like that gentrifier, this is a very British reference, but that sort of gentrifier that moves to Peckham and just starts explaining Stormzy to you or grime music unprovoked. Just starts trying to tell you about black culture. Some weird, <sighs> he has a lot of moments of racial insensitivity. Should we call it that? Should we bring it down a bit? It's like all the stuff where he makes he's trying to like fuck around with Tuvok, and people are like, "Oh, look, they're besties, or they're they're like a couple." It's like, no, Neelix no. doesn't respect Tuvok's boundaries. This is one of my yeah. favorite tweets. I think is that Neelix is the annoying American tourist to Tuvok's royal guard, and I'm not British, so I can't confirm that. No, yeah, yeah. but I have a feeling that that's that's because it it he just constantly pokes him with a stick. And I just want to see Tuvok one time just Vulcan pinch the shit out of it. Like, I don't know why. Oh, there is I, an I episode think... where Devix is being pissed out of him and Tuvok just kills him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I need to rewatch that one. I don't, I remember that vaguely in the back of my brain. I think I blocked it out because Neelix. <laughs> but I'm just, just so overwhelmed with pain. Um, I'm so sorry. That episode is terrible. Where even are we? Where are we? Racist. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. The, 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 there just is all the, these moments, as we say, where uh, Neelix is just sort of poking Tuvok. 
no reason. It sort of reminds me of like, you know, like those early like high school friendships when you realize like you should probably part ways because they're not a great person. You think it's yes. banter, but then when you really like reflect on it, you're like, hmm, I'm going to grow and distance myself from this person. That oh, is yeah, what it's absolutely. like between them. It's like a freshest friend. Yeah, maybe. The worst kind oh, of geez. friend. He's just, oh, he's so, and I, I feel like there are times I, I can't place them specifically. I only watched, I watched about six episodes, but I didn't see it on any of these. But I feel like there are times where he gets wary of species that come on the ship only because they're a member of that species. And I can't remember which episode it is. And I can't for the life of me remember which like species it was, but he just freaks out because he can't handle it. And it's probably overcompensating because his only value quotes the ship is just having this knowledge of what's going on in that quadrant so it's gonna quote unquote knowledge because he's wrong (laughs) i don't know john what do you think about him in these moments of the racism yeah i just (laughs) I think Neelix doesn't know when to stop. Uh, and I think he's that person who thinks he's appreciating a culture, but then just like, is like when he's like looking for like the nicest Vulcan music and he has like a funeral dirge. And it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. he's like, it's the, it's the funnest music. It's like, but it's a funeral dirge. Don't just know. Yeah. Or when he spices up Plomeek's soup. Oh gosh. Let's go big Jamie Oliver jerk chicken energy. Yeah. My favorite my favorite Neelix cooking joke is that he made some sort of like fruit compote or something for a feast, like a traditional Talaxian feast thing. And Janeway tells him, like, can you not ferment those so long this time? Because I got yeah. lightheaded. I'm like, he did he just not warn Pete? Did he just <laughs> he just not warn any of them? I just he's so He's like, he's coded like a five-year-old. Like, he genuinely has no awareness generally of when, like, hey, maybe you should stop, you know? And I feel like he never quite gets there. (laughs) Even at the end, like, I don't think he gets there. Do you think that's the reason that people find him endearing? Because they, they maybe see themselves as like, oh, I sometimes make those mistakes and I'm going to, you know, yeah. I think maybe you mentioned oh, earlier that you you can see yourself and sometimes see the mistakes that he makes. Right, for well, sure. I'm, because I, just... I think that oh yeah. go ahead, yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. But he he has these moments where I'm like, oh yeah, I did that when I was 12. Because I'm ADHD and so I'm like my social skills aren't great. Um, you know, I'm not perfect at it. And there are little things that he does that I sort of understand why people would see him as being like ADHD coded maybe not on purpose obviously but that they would see that you know see themselves in him but at the same time it's not that he's it's not in an endearing way like it's not always it sometimes is but not usually um like I could get it in in caretaker for example where he doesn't he hasn't interacted with people probably in a very long time (laughs) and so he doesn't he kind of forgets like oh maybe don't be naked in a bathtub when someone walks in you know um And I just, I feel like that's definitely coded in his character, but he, it just gets worse because then he becomes a manipulative partner, literally textbook 
abuse. It's frightening. Um, and he just is the worst generally all the time. Whereas I see more of myself in like seven of nine who has trouble reading human emotions, but isn't terrible. Isn't a dick. <laughs> like, she's not, a <laughs> like, ab- she's not an absolute make- prick. We all have mishaps, but we're not. It's also that Neelix's misreading of people is always so visceral. Inconsistent. Mm. He doesn't learn. Yeah. He can't learn. It's upsetting. And it, it's 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 very like I'll be sitting in my chair going, because I just can't. It, it also, sometimes it also feels like they just kind of, the writers just kind of use Neelix for whatever they want to use him for. In the sense they need someone, they need someone to fight with Tom Paris. About something, so if I have a Kez, or basically they need something to to create conflict around Kez, so they just use Neelix. Yeah, and he always manages to be really cringy about it, and then she has to be like, "No, Neelix, don't say that." And then they have to go in this whole. It, the fact that he's oh. the one who's always infantilizing her and like acting like she's saying something wrong or embarrassing is just extremely frustrating. Oh yeah. I, and and going back to that that episode in the beginning of with Phage, you know, when he basically tells her like, "It's fine, you like Tom Paris, just let me die." It's literally textbook. Jesus. And and she, my favorite thing about Cass and Neelix is that every time that they have one of those like relationship moments, like Jennifer does a great job at pretending that she likes. You know what I mean? Like the the acting is stellar, but it reads like. It, it's it doesn't read well because she's it, it, no one would do no one would love him i'm sorry but that's just not <laughs> no one would love him like you can't watch it and not go bullshit there's no way that and she's going to like a, i can fix him love she yeah exactly that's exactly what it is she thinks that she can fix him i'm going to i'm going to make a bumper sticker with kess's face that says i can fix him <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I i i i don't even think that she's coming at it from that angle i it, it's really like she's She's too, uh, I don't even want it. We can go on to general arrogance, which we've kind of touched upon. Yeah, we'll segue into general, because he's just an arrogant fuck. He is, he's he the worst. He yells at people. Like on he's a very like, oh, baseline level, he's unpleasant. Is. No, you don't. Yeah, like on a very baseline level, he's unpleasant to be around. I'm sorry. Because just... I was watching Mortal Coil and like, he does the vision quest bleh, with Chakotay. Chakotay's like, you know, part of the vision quest is like, other stuff like you know we're gonna talk it through we've got to understand he's like no i don't need to understand it i know what's going on fuck you Chakotay. Mm-hmm. and then he tries to kill himself which uh yeah well there we go then yeah and he twist? also oh go ahead he tries sorry. to commit suicide in that episode sorry yeah yeah is that and like he a sincere he should be dead thing because he died he died for a bit and he's decided he should have stayed dead <laughs> oh gosh he has a religion crisis but in the most manipulative horrible way possible like he has a crisis of faith and instead of you know trying to deal with it in a healthy manner he's like cool i'll just kill myself and it's uh it's really gross and he's so like there's an episode where they have to close they have to i guess move different quarters or whatever and they're all kind of shuffling through the halls and Neelix is bringing like his blankets and like ten pillows and something else and Tuvok's like yeah no because oh, he one has with to play or on the ship that's right yeah 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 and and um, he has to bring so he starts bringing all of his stuff and Tuvok basically says yeah no um, don't know what you don't know what you thought and Neelix gets really upset about it and any episode that he's in where they're in the void 
<laughs> bad time because he's i mean anxiety relatable but also god it's oh it hurts to watch it really because yeah, that's the episode night where they don't have any stars and they just go fucking grim right yeah and he has to go to the doctor and the doctor's like no dude you just have you're just having an anxiety attack you're not dying and he's like are you sure because i think i'm dying and like no you're, i've already explained this like three times you're fine you just don't like the void no one likes <laughs> the void Such- try a coping mechanism ever i'm begging you you know and then i'm thinking again about that episode where he had to look after the baby dinosaur so such a colossal asshole to tom when tom's like maybe we shouldn't loiter with the baby dinosaur yeah yeah tom tom has more sense than people give him credit for i feel like he is definitely as neelix says and i hate to agree with him but a walking hormone for the first few seasons but um he has more sense than I think people give him credit for. And Neelix is just always an asshole to everybody, regardless of that. <laughs> like, oh, he's terrible. Like, and then in Once Upon a Time, the bit where, like, he tries to tell Jay, no, I won't tell Naomi, her mom's probably dead. <laughs> Fuck you, I know what I'm doing. And Jay is like, you can't just keep lying to a kid. You're going to traumatize them. They're not stupid. Yeah, I mean, he, he really, he refuses to listen to advice a lot of the time. Uh, and I feel I feel like we can agree that most people on Voyager need therapy, especially Janeway. But like, you know, Janeway gets therapy. Yeah, she yes, true. But she's the she's the captain of the ship, telling him like you need to probably do this thing, and he's like, no, I'm fine. I got this. I'm her godmother. You're or I'm her godfather. You're not. And it's he doesn't this listen. Poor child. I'm sorry to people. I'm right. Same. Yeah, I feel so bad for Naomi. Truly. But who is um, she? Like. It just sounds like he's treating her the same way he treats Kess, and it's just yeah. I think that's <laughs> destroying my soul. Yeah, Naomi exists. They transfer a lot of his paternal tendencies just away from Kess to Naomi, yeah. which is it's good. Real weird. In a sense, of we don't have no no more nonsense. The only sort of, I guess, the only sort of uh, uh, I don't even know what the words are. Um, Saving grace. Not even that, like, just the only sort of reservations I had about my own attacks against Neelix were that there's this grand conspiracy almost by the writers to just make him a terrible guy. Like, he didn't have a chance. (laughs) It's not his fault. I don't know. I was just trying to think of, you know, what... It is almost like the writers tried as hard as they could to make a terrible person. (laughs) Yeah. Which is why I don't understand, like, when people think he's kind of charming or funny. I feel like they I mean, had he out has his him. moments. And if anything, I'll he has his moments. attack them. He has moments okay. where, like, when he's interacting with the Borg kids, he has his moments. Um, my favorite uh, example of his arrogance, oh my god, this is so good. My favorite example of his arrogance, I'm so glad I remember this, is in the uh, episode Q2, I think, when the <laughs> baby Q comes onto the ship, which is a terrible episode for many reasons. I like it. It's very true. That's no, that was well done. Um, and that's exactly what that's that's going to be stuck in my head all day. Thank you. Um, but he, because oh, baby Q, like the baby Q episode sucks for many reasons. Stop. Uh, um, because he comes onto the show. And like he's, you know, he strips seven because, of course, and like it's just terrible. It's a terrible episode. But um, Neelix tries to fix him. 
I can fix him. Yeah, exactly. It's like, he needs a mentor. And Janeway's like, you you think he needs a mentor? And he goes, yeah, you haven't seen seen me with kids. And she's like, okay. And then he gets his mouth melded shut by the small Q because of course he does. (laughs) That's that's terrible. I mean, Neelix is bad. The only thing that Q ever did was meld Neelix's mouth shut. That's like a that's like something that happens to people in Doctor Who episodes. He doesn't deserve that. (laughs) But it's just he's so arrogant. He's like, I can fix him, and it's literally a a a god, an omnipresent, omniscient god. That's a teenager. Like you really think you you can fix a teenage god? Okay, cool. And I love that Janeway lets him. (laughs) Janeway, your funeral, buddy. I love that she she is a an agent of chaos, and she looked at that and said, "You know what? Okay, sure, (laughs) go ahead. I can't control him. Maybe you can. I doubt it." He's so awful. Oh my god. So wait, what was the third one? (laughs) Nuns. Can can we spell that for me, please? N o n c e. Okay, that's what I thought it was because I'm I'm American. I'm sorry, I don't. I have, for I don't the uh, Americanists who I want had to explain in many times what nonce is. Nonce is British English slang for a pedophile. Yeah, we were, I was calling this to. I was calling him this before I realized that he can, canonically dated Kess before <laughs> she went through puberty. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the worst. It's the worst. Why would they add that detail? There's no reason to. Is it and at the end of that episode, menopause? at the yeah. end of the episode when she does go through puberty, it's like, oh wait, it was only because we were near the swarm. So actually, I'm still a child. It's fine. This is the question. Is that, later. It is arguably up for debate whether it was puberty cares is going through or menopause. Janeway says puberty. They didn't have to okay, make Janeway well, then, say that. They didn't have yeah. to make Janeway say puberty. So they couldn't make her the say red alarm, Pressing the alarm button. The nonce uh. alarm is going off. But no, I mean, yeah, it's... it's Because I feel like part of it is just the, the overall attitude in Hollywood at the time and even now of, like, the younger girlfriend or whatever. But it goes so much further than that. It goes too far. It goes way too far. There's a full scene where he's like, oh, is your body, like, you're too young to have a child physically? Your body can't take having a child? That's a horrible, like, thing to hear. Like, that that physically she's so young that she cannot have a child. And then they have this weird scene where it's like, oh, well, for us to conceive, we have to be together for six hours or six days. They have to be attached for six hours or six days. It's really horrible details. It read, like... It read Ugh. like like a bad fan fiction. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like that whole it was episode bonded reads for six days. Oh, Neelix, the no. Omegaverse story. It literally <laughs> reads like Omega, and I hate it even admitting that I know what that is. But it reads I hate like that. that. I it does. It I only know it's what awful. it is because of the copyright case. Yeah, that's lame. To be honest, that's fair. That's but fair. Long... it's terrible. <laughs> but I do think you know. I can't remember. It, it was probably Genevieve who said. That Star Trek episodes are just most Star Trek episodes are Star Trek writers just airing their kinks, which is one hundred percent. This is going to be this is a kink. This is especially beyond relevant the to last week's episode of Lower Decks, which um, yeah, 
Yeah, this is not a kink. This is where I will, I, I fully will kink shame. Like, I'm sorry, no, that no, episode I, is not I, a kink. I, and I normally don't kink shame on the podcast, but um, I'm definitely you have making to separate it from kink. It's just, it's not. It's a crime. It's a fucking crime. And no, I mean, I'm allowed to curse on this the, show. I was talking more about the whole notting six hours bonded thing than the non-sync. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's a king. The non-sync thing. Off to jail. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like I don't I don't have an issue with with that. I I think the writers probably were on some drugs. Maybe I'm again uh, for legal reasons probably not. But <laughs> there's just some quotes that he said in that episode. <gasps> Please do share. Yes. Yes. You're so Beautiful. young. They really press upon this element, and it's just not my fault that I have to see him this way. I don't care about the stupid alien rules. Even still. You were saying, I think in a previous episode, in our previous episode, that like relatively, it's still like a nineteen-year-old dating a forty-year-old. It's still a weird. Yeah. Uh, Neelix is yeah, it's the Neelix is the guy who went to your school who drove turns up in his car to pick up his Ugh. girlfriend, his sixteen-year-old girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And you, when you're like a fourteen-year-old guy, you're like that guy is really cool. And then you hit like eighteen, you're like, oh my god, he's a nuts. Jesus. Neelix is a college dropout who has a girlfriend at, high, at his high school. And everyone thinks he's cool because he has a car and he takes her places in the car. That's exactly the dynamic they portray, particularly in the first two seasons. Oh, yeah, 100%. You even and have a car. That, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the weird thing about it generally in the first two seasons is that he. I don't even know how to describe it. Like they 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 build up this whole relationship with Kess. He gets in a fist fight with Tom, the mating episode, because cool, that's fine, I guess. And then when she leaves, like he barely talks about it ever. And he was like supposedly in love with her the whole time. And so I feel like that's also kind of a maybe this is a reach, but like the idea that kind of he only wants one thing, you know? And then she leaves and he's like, okay, cool. And then moves on, which is why I don't, I, it, mm, I, it doesn't sit well with me. I'm kind of glad that they let it go. And I'm kind of glad that he didn't have a whole episode where he laments the loss of his beloved. <laughs> but like, it's just, it moves on real quick and it's a little sus. It would be unbearable if we had any sort of lamenting from Neelix. Mm. Um, yeah. And that kind of brings us on nicely to our final chapter in the Neelix book which is just him being generally grotesque and ill-mannered they make they go out the way to make him sort of what did they call him before disheveled person but they make him actually gross yeah he doesn't have yeah what was that he was putting luminous yellow ointment on his skin he was in the kitchen this is a health and safety hazard he is he's a walking health and safety hazard emphasis on safety talks about clipping his toenails yeah and it's like not the endearing kind of like i feel like you can make a character be like unkempt in like an endearing sort of way i feel like that's possible to do they but mm -mm, it didn't happen okay (laughs) i just had a i just had a um a a brainwave thought right now okay and it's a very on brand thought which is that if the sort of neelix they were aiming for if they done it right, would have just been Scorpia from Shira. That's you know what I I understand this reference on a baseline level. Sure, 
I've, yeah, I've I haven't seen up. too much of Shira, but I, I, I feel like I, yeah, yep. yeah, like I could see that. Goofy, not quite there all the time. It's got a brain but heart of gold. You know, yeah, he's he's and he is goofy, but, but in the worst ways. Yeah, <laughs> not manipulative, not mm-hmm. noncing, not so protective of his girlfriend that he gets afraid when she takes fucking flying lessons from someone or like um he got upset when the doctor when, works with him uh, he got upset when paris said see you later to her so that's the mm-hmm. level yeah, like, we're going with calling her not negging her constantly not actually respecting her decisions i mean he doesn't respect anybody's decisions either too i mean a lot of the time when he goes on missions it's because he has to beg the captain for it and she just didn't want to deal with it she's like okay yeah fine because he doesn't he doesn't yeah, he doesn't I mean, respect like anybody's choices. The problem with that is that they, I feel like they're trying to go for the Neelix is really valuable thing. But instead yeah. of having that be a developing thing where it's like over time they realize how valuable Neelix is. They're just like, oh no, Neelix always has to prove himself. Instead of it there being a thing where it's like, oh, Neelix knows what he's doing here. And the only time that we ever get an episode where someone's like, oh, Neelix knows what he's doing here. It's the one where he fucking dies for 18 hours. Trying to get protein. Yeah. And that's the one in which he's the most like, well, maybe in different ways, but in the most, he's the most like manipulative and weird about it and like makes everybody else feel bad because they tried to fucking save his life, you know? Yeah, and that's it's just, weird. It's a weird maybe. episode and I get where that's they were really, going with it, but mm-mm. that's a really crazy thing that's coming up for me in my watch. He really has that, basically has that moment where it's like, nah, I would say like, when, uh, no, never mind, never mind. Again, never mind. You can you can express the pain if you feel like. (laughs) No, it just reminds me of like a scenario in which like a guy's like, "Hey, I'm if you break up with me, I'm gonna kill myself." Like they give him that element of the storyline, which is weird. Yeah, they didn't make him as endearing as I think that they meant to. I think that they made him. They just made him like in, in trying to make him imperfect and in trying to make him sort of the character that that needs to learn more about himself than maybe some of the other characters or whatever in an attempt to make him not quite understand human shit they make him a, a, an asshole like i i feel like he they yeah. try to make him this this like they try to make him someone who's trying to understand or whatever and then he just ends up being the worst <laughs> I hate Felix it. is a 40 year old man who's never been told he's wrong until he's on Voyager and I think that, one yeah. of the problem, one of the, it's not really a problem, one of the interesting things is that Ethan Phillips is very good at playing that character <laughs> Ethan Phillips is very good at playing an entitled middle aged man who's never been told he's wrong I don't know anything about Ethan Phillips so I'm going to go ahead and say no comment on that one but I don't think he's, I don't think it's a reflection on Ethan Phillips as a person. I think he's just very, very. I just think that you can't fault his um, what do you call it? His, his acting action. abilities. Yeah. yeah. But oh, I thought we were. I thought we were trash talking, and I was like, "Whoa!" No, whoa, we're not trash talking uh, <laughs> Ethan Phillips. I'm just saying that he's actually very, very good at portraying Neelix as a character who is kind of. More yeah. often than not, the acting in Star Trek is, you know, great. It's what they're handed yeah. with. <laughs> so that's 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's the thing about Felix is that, like, you can't fault you can't fault the acting with Felix because, I mean, he, yeah, Ethan Phillips totally brings it. Um, and he, I mean, he he does it incredibly well. And you can't, like, I can fault the writing of Neelix, but the acting was great. I mean, it, 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 he's a terrible, terrible person. But, you know, I think that was kind of, that was the script that he was given. So, you know, not not at all his fault. But yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, but, oh, he's just the, oh, he's the worst. He's the worst. Every time I, every, everything that we talk about in this, like I, I always get one little extra thing from the back of my brain that I had forgotten about Neelix. <laughs> and I'm in, I'm just, woo, I'm trying I'm to, hell. I'm trying to think of the defenses of Neelix. Cause I did ask on the discord, Hey, someone say something nice about Neelix. Um, we couldn't find anything. <laughs> but well, Worm said, um, you know, he has like a good heart. I have a well, good heart. Just don't let me run very far. Yeah, I mean, he he has his moments with with the Borg children, um, but he, he just acts wanted toward to make them. People happy. Yeah, I guess so. That's true. He doesn't do a great job of it, and he's a manipulative ass. But he, I feel like he does genuinely. He doesn't hate people. Like I, I haven't noticed with Tom, like, in, or with Neelix specifically, like, other than like the Tom stuff, because he was being jealous over a literal child. Um, he he does seem to really want to please people and make people happy, but in doing that, he overextends himself, and it it becomes a form of like arrogance almost. Yeah, he um, does please everyone. Like a character that oh, like a character that does that. That's actually a good character, Brad Boimler. Um, I don't know how much of Lower Decks y'all have seen. But I love I love him. I love the Boims. I love I love that little Borg freak. Um, that episode I felt seen. I felt heard um, with the Borg babies. I love him, and I love so those he genuinely wants to please people. And he's he he stumbles and he fails and he's not always perfect about it. But he's he. I see myself in Brad because or Bradward, excuse me, because <laughs> he's I know right Bradward Boimler, the Boim man. But no, so he he is very adhd sort of doesn't quite understand social cues he's very coded that way i think um and so i see a lot of myself in him because i'm the same way like i want to please people i want to be the best i can be and get where i want to go and what i'm doing and i'm not and he's not an ass he cares about other people and he listens to other people and he like actively tries to improve himself as a human being. Whereas Neelix wants to please people, but does it in a way that's like a bull in a china shop. And right. it sucks. <laughs> Whenever someone comes to a problem, Neelix, they're like, hmm, this is what's worked for me. And when anyone is it, and that's like, that's not always helping. Just like, this worked for me. Maybe it'll work for you. It's like, you're not actually really listening to people. You're just saying, mm-hmm. this is the advice. Yeah, and even Mariner, like I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to Lordex. I'm sorry, I just watched the new episode and I'm on a high right now. But even Mariner, like she can be an ass and she can be full of herself, but it's explained why, and she never does it specifically to hurt other people, and she never does it in a way that's manipulative or terrible. She just has some issues to work through. And it's I, mean, I just I I don't know. You He's the worst. see her working on it. Like if if Neelix existed for this one with this personality for just one season, I think we would all be able to forgive him. Mm-hmm. But it's six seasons of this, or seven, six or seven yeah. seasons. And he does get slightly sim- better. I guess it's a symptom of syndicate, of how hyper-syndicated Voyager was compared even to something like TNG. Yeah. Like, 
Team Voyager was specifically designed because Berg was like, we need a big syndicated show because we can't do that with DS9. And that yeah. just stunted so much of it. And I think it really stunned the news. If you're going to have this character who is a terrible person at the start, in an unsyndicated television show, you can make, you can have them grow and change and evolve and become better. And that's yeah. really good. That's kind of what you get with someone like the sheer. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, I see that. But instead, because they can't change Enix, because they're not allowed to change Enix, you get this shit. Yeah, and I think with Neelix, it's because there are characters like, you know, in Voyager, there are plenty of characters who evolve and change um, and grow, especially Bolana. I think, like, I feel like Bolana has a ton of. Now, listen, was it Faces, the one where she split and ah, hate that episode very much? But I feel like there are points in her character development that are her learning to be a better person that also aren't racist. <laughs> We're going to do um, one of these episode types on Balana at some point. I know yeah, that'd ask, be great. Yeah. I know you could also do it on Q. But no, I feel like, I feel, and you know, Janeway evolves and changes. Even Chakotay, as much as, listen, I hate Chakotay as he is in the show. I think we deserve Chakotay as fan writers, write him, because they, I, I, I just, he, he I've could never have been something. Chakotay fanfic, but I feel like they add personality and it's easier to detach him from Roger Beltram's complete fuckhead. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's another. Huh, we'll, we don't have to this go is the into thing that, about but... the Voyager cast is that it's got the highest rate of twats. Yeah, I'll I know. stand by that. I'll stand by and that. And I feel bad saying it out loud. The long and short anyway, is that um, like so. actors suck, and but it's, it's like Voyager. Just everyone kind of got a short shrift on that show. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm irritated. I've been watching a lot more Voyager recently because I realized I've never seen it, so I'm just sort of watching random episodes to get through it. And it's not as bad as I thought it was. It's just a big swing and a miss. Yeah, I mean, Voyager is my favorite track as of right now. I haven't seen DS9 yet. I know, crime. I will I will watch it at some point. Okay, we're under the but, Sorry, Suzanne, you can't stop. Uh, yeah, we're, we're done. We're done. Um, I, I, I know most things about it just because I am on track Twitter and have over 2,000 followers and people actually tweet about it and I see it, but that's about it. Um, so anyway, but I, I love Voyager because it has, it does have character development and a lot of it is due to the actors like Kate McGrew, um, and especially Jerry Ryan pouring so much of their creative energy into that character to make them complex and likable, etc. And I think Ethan Phillips did a really good job with Neelix with what he had, but what he had was at, at the base, just really terrible. And so that's the hard part, I think, because it was already hard to do character development on a show like that, you know, but it's yeah. also, you know, there were so many actors that had that wiggle room to make the character more human, more likable, more relatable, whereas I don't think Ethan really had that wiggle room just because Neelix is the worst. <laughs> he just feels like a permanent afterthought sometimes. Yeah, he really does. And it's awful. Again, I still, I, I still stand by my Jar Jar Banks comment. I, I really think that he is like, he, but somehow worse. And I will stand yeah, by that because Jar Jar Banks worse. is bad, but Neelix is worse. So, are we going to quit over Neelix? Absolutely, I am. I'm yeah. Prouder. Yeah. 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 I, I don't think I quit 
I, I quit any episode that centers on him specifically. I can't watch, <laughs> I can't watch Elogium anymore. I can't. I genuinely, I watched that episode one time and I had to stop. I don't, I don't think I finished it. It got to the point with the tongue thing. And I just, I, I nope. The, the, the I, what There were thing? tears streaming down my face. Oh watching yeah. That um, what, what was that? It was, I need a parent to massage my feet till my tongue swells. Oh, and that is ritual for when I become pregnant. What the fuck are you talking no, about? No, I'm going to start crying again. I hate it. Literally, like, the writers need to explain themselves. Why the, the fuck? Writers just need, as the writers will. just need to have a good hard think and then a long hard fuck and then four... we'll be fine. <laughs> they don't deserve it. They no, don't. don't but I think if they in. did, our lives would be better. If we wouldn't yeah. have because they'd have satisfied themselves, right? Oh, it's like it's like they all got together and just decided, okay, we're all horny. How do we fix this? And just put it why don't we write one... a television show? It's so unhinged. Oh, it's so and it's it is unhinged. That's the perfect oh. word that for that episode. Elogium is the, one of the most unhinged episodes in the entire show. That and Threshold, but that's a whole different topic. Threshold is less unhinged. Threshold Threshold is just TOS level bafflery. I Maybe it's because I haven't seen the original okay. series. So Suzanne, stop stop it. What? Plus DS9? Now you haven't seen the original series? I'm not, I'm sorry. I've seen some of the original series. I grew up on TNG. I grew up watching TNG. Um, so my my next one has been Voyager. I've watched all of Lower Decks. I have seen some of the animated series and I'm starting on DS9. I think I'm on episode four. And I'm also an art major. So give me some time. I have some... Okay. <laughs> life is hard. You must be inspired your art though. I guarantee it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I need to actually make more art. That's, I haven't made anything Star Trek related in a couple of months. But, ooh, Neelix. But yeah, I, I don't quit Star Trek. I do quit Neelix entirely. That's valid. Um, I, I quit, I, any episode that he has like a large role in, I will skip immediately when it comes up on my television because I can't, I can't handle him. He's the worst. That's I don't for like the him. best. Yeah. I, like I can't watch Mortal Coil and Mortal Coil. That's hard for me to say anymore because I can't. He's so shitty to everyone around him when they just tried to save his life. And I just uh, nope. Neelix bad. Those four categories were really good, by the way, Olivia. Those those that that that's very, very well done. Well. It's very I, well put together. The pain inspired me. What can I say? Does Neelix deserve? I don't think he deserves a trip at school. You don't even get a nip. Not even a single nip. Not a single. I think. One. I think. I just. <sighs> it's when the issue like verges on the serious. It feels bad to. It feels bad to trip nips when well, part of the core news of the character for three seasons is the fact that the characters have written him into a sexually predatory relationship they can't get him out of. Yeah, I don't even think he deserves one nip. I zero no. nip. We, we're giving it. We're taking nip. nipples off of me. He has less nipples now than he's done. Yeah, negative one nip. He has lost one. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh god, yeah. Right. Like right. That's oh. mine now. <laughs> Gosh, how... wait, I have a cuss question. Have we seen Neelix's nipples? How many does he have? Probably. <laughs> Knowing like, the Star Trek writers, I blocked it out, we but probably. Have. Yeah. We probably I feel did. like we didn't caretake up. There's too much yeah. hair on his chest to know, probably. Oh, I feel like. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. That'll not beautiful. He, that man does not trim. He does yeah, not. He does not manscape. You know he does that. Well, we <laughs> contemplate that. Um, you listening to plug for the listeners, Suzanne? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, so my Twitter is Captain Janeway with the first A replaced with an X because that's the choice that I made. And I, yeah, right. Um, and for copyright reasons. Um, but no, I am a fan artist. I make a lot of uh, paintings, both digital and traditional, of a lot of Star Trek characters, mostly Voyager. Um, I don't have prints set up yet, but I should soon. And you should follow me if you like Star Trek shit posting and if you like Janeway, because that's all I talk about now. Star Trek Prodigy comes out on October 28th. Y'all should watch it. Absolutely. It looks good. It's been watch my it. banner for months. <laughs> I think we're, we are both Murph stands. We are indeed. Um, you're cosplay. Yeah, you're canon. <sighs> canon Murph. <laughs> canon Murph. Murph is, our, is the galactic overlord now. I love him. Listen, I, I, if they don't make a plushie, what the fuck are they doing? You know? <laughs> I, I, I will design it if they need a designer for a plushie. Hire me, Star Trek. I, I want like you know like Dunkel Skog. You know like the IKEA Dunkel Skog, the big bear. <gasps> I, I want that. I want that, but Murph. Yes. Oh my god. And I mean, for somebody who's ADHD, like I would love like a little squish toy. <gasps> I love him. And for anybody who yeah. can't see, Olivia's holding up the the IKEA giant stuffed bear. Oh, I love him. <laughs> king but no i i want like a squish toy too like a stress toy or like a little plushie that i can put on my backpack and then a big boy i need a 70 dollar life-size murph <laughs> like that's big what i need boy. big boy i love him i yeah i would already die for murph um, that would make my life i need that because we're not getting prodigy in the uk till 2022 so if, oh, if someone gives me a plushy giant murph then i will hold my complaints and if it comes out i will send you one for sure um but i yeah it sucks that it sucks that y'all can't i i I hate that that's the only thing about star trek that bugs me is that the international fans can't watch it as quickly and that sucks doesn't make sense plan plan guys i i I understand it for lower decks because it got caught in the pandemic but oh for sure yeah apologies you know, sort of newer. I well, it's probably because um, it's on Nickelodeon, and Nickelodeon were just basically pissy about the rights. Yeah, that wouldn't. Show that's presumably that. why, because why it got delayed for um, being on Amazon because they couldn't. Whoever they were probably trying to put it on Netflix for um or something for uh, international distribution. This, they got all pissy about it. It kind of mm-hmm. this last minute. It really. I just. No. Who is in charge of global licensing? Do we not have someone in charge of global licensing? Is that why we have these disparities? John Van Sitters now follows the podcast on Twitter. I know he's head of marketing, but come on, John. Wait, who does? Oh my God. John Van Sitters, who is like vice president marketing for Star Trek. Oh my God, we love that. Hi, King. I want to be on podcast so that Star Trek people notice me. Also me. Talk shit about every actor on Voyager. Hey, listen. Here's the thing is that we can because those people don't work for Star Trek anymore. So they're not our problem and they're not his problem either. And Kate Mulgrew does, but I would never talk shit about Kate Mulgrew. Kate Mulgrew, love you, queen. She liked her, whoever runs her Twitter liked my tweet the other day and I I ascended. You see... I like to imagine when someone runs someone's Twitter, this is like 17, like 19 year old kid running around showing his, showing like an old person tweets and going like thumbs up, thumbs down. Like, yeah, her assistant seems cool. And I feel like the thing is that there are some tweets that Kate writes, like her tweet that she made on 9 11. Like, I'm pretty, like, that was her. Like, she definitely wrote that. But I, I, I am very glad 
that I know, at least I hope I, I hope I'm right that she is not on Twitter because I, I don't think she would like what she sees most of the time. <laughs> Spare her the pain. Spare her. I she doesn't deserve that, you know? Yeah. She doesn't deserve <laughs> to deal with um this or anything though. You know, she's for seven years. So I think I'm on this podcast, like, all right, I'm we we're doing it, like, you know, and then I'm just yeah. if I ever want to work for Star Trek, not anymore. <laughs> well, listen, listen, they've dealt with us. They had to do a Neelix for seven years. Mm-hmm. And so did we for the last hour. And um yeah. it's over. We're free. We never have to talk about Neelix again. Yeah, that's... Thank you, promise. Yeah. Oh, he's but, the uh, worst. Oh, <laughs> But um, thank you so much, Suzanne, for joining us. Um, Absolutely. If people thank like to come me. to us with more episodes they like to do, more characters they like to dunk on, or other concepts such as, you know, dunk on Starfleet, dunk on the Klingons, dunk on the concept of, I don't oh, know... I could dunk on Starfleet drive. for days. Oh, Too yeah. many people dunk on Starfleet. Personally, I think defending democracy is a good thing, but we'll come back to that. Yeah. is bad, but you know what's worse? Dictatorships and fascism. There you go. You're Suck right. That one. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. No, but you shouldn't give me that opportunity because you know I will DM you with like a list. Oh no, well, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> I've, my DMs are full of people sending me random stuff. Don't worry, it all goes onto a Google Drive of stuff. So do send us things. You can find us on Star Trek on Twitter at quit Star Trek pod. Or you can email us at iQuitStarTrek at gmail.com. We also have a merch store, which you can find if you look iQuitStarTrek on TeePublic. Um, we have a TikTok, which Olivia still hasn't posted on yet. I'm sorry. I Good have job, requested Olivia. a production team. I have requested a budget. And for some reason, we have I a have budget, received. Olivia. We have a budget. It's, a, it's this. <laughs> it's and a I was just put top being an artiste. Oh, no. For being an artist, <laughs> you can stick your budget on this account. <laughs> I'm gonna make a Patreon, and none of the money is going to you. Valid. I accept. Uh, that. I accept that fate. <laughs> but um, yeah, please talk to us, chat to us, tell us if you want to come on the podcast. Uh, but until next time, once again, thank you so much, Suzanne. Of course, thank you for having me. I've been John. I've been Olivia. And I've been Suzanne. And um, don't nonce people in the Delta Quadrant. Oh, God. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>